The following is for information purposes only and should not be used as the basis of an investment decision. This is not investment advice. This episode is made possible by Progressive Equity Research, providing freely available, engaging investment research and opportunities to hear from a wide range of small and mid-cap UK listed companies. For today's episode, I'm rejoined by Sukh Chandal, the founder and CEO of AIM-listed Box. For background on Sukh and Box, you should listen to episode two from November 2021, where Sukh talked about the formation of Box as a retailer of egg-free celebration cakes and its rapid growth via franchising. I was keen to catch up with Sukh, as over the last 18 months, the UK consumer has been under pressure from rising interest rates, inflation, and a general cost of living crisis. Cakebox has also had specific issues, not uncommon among growing businesses, and Souk has a new senior management team. I visited Souk last summer and saw the Enfield Distribution Centre. I witnessed Souk's passion for all aspects of the business, particularly the development of new products and production and distribution efficiency. Cakebox now has over 200 stores and continues to grow. Souk believes that consumers have readjusted to the higher cost of living and remain prepared to spend on treats for birthdays and special occasions. Please enjoy my catch-up with the maverick, Souk Chamdao. Hi Souk, thanks for joining. First of all, how are the water buffalo? <laughs> well, they're ticking along. Oh, they like to be inside on solid ground. Production is very good, very good still quality, and I recommend that milk to anyone, really. Since we last spoke, we've had rising interest rates and a cost of living crisis. How's the UK consumer coping and what business adjustments have you made? I think it was a shock to the system, the whole system. Younger people, I don't think they've ever seen inflation above 2 or 3%, and they have had to make adjustments to their standards of living. The cost of living crisis they haven't seen, well, prices rising so quickly. Normally, we used to put our retail price up every two years, and we would follow that with a wholesale retail price increase as well to follow that on. But this last year, we've had to put the retail price up multiple times, even though we've been very conscious of the cost of living crisis, and we managed to limit the rate of increase to less than 5%, because we need to keep our customers on side. With the overhang of the holidays from uh, COVID, everybody was away in April 22, and you could see that in the prices of the flights. For just a rough indication, if I wanted to go back home to India for a visit, in March it was £450. In April, for economy cost flight, average about 1200 to show you the sheer demand for that period. Then couple that with the war in Ukraine, inflation going up, utility bills going up, and I think it's been a shock for everybody. And you saw the results of that in the general retail economic climate where everybody had to tighten their belts and adjust to the new reality. And that new reality then, I think, has settled down in September after the August holidays had been taken, the nine weeks of hot weather, 
everybody enjoyed. And once everybody was back to school, I believed a reset had been taken. The consumer had reconsolidated their budgets. They knew what their utility bills were going, the cost of food and everything. And they've gone back to type where that one celebration in the year, or they will do it with spend another couple of pounds on it. That's interesting, isn't it? Because the consumer definitely seems to have prioritized travel holidays because not only last year, but the trading updates from EasyJet and Jet2 indicate that into 2023, the consumer is definitely prioritizing the holiday. That's right. And I think the treat is always where you spend a little bit more extra money. And I think that holiday, when you get all this economic crisis, you need that treat in inverted commas. And that holiday is a treat. And they have prioritized that because uh, that's an escape from everything that's happening. They work so hard all year long and then they look forward to that break and you know, no one can blame them for making sure that holiday is taken. And the same thing with the uh, birthdays and anniversaries. A family of four will only have four birthdays a year. And so that's only once every quarter. And so they prioritize that. And you know, if the cake costs two pounds more than 12 months ago, they're not going to really notice that and bother about that. They want to make sure that that treat is done. Has this new consumer environment impacted you and the franchisees differently in any way? Has it thrown up any issues in the business that were unexpected? Well, utility prices, you know, they were ridiculous. The franchise you had to renew at ridiculous prices. Obviously, they've, they've been affected. Luckily, a lot of the people had extended contracts, so they've not been affected by this. But the ones who have been affected have been affected quite badly. And uh, goes for the consumer as well, uh, you know, the electricity price and the gas price have gone up by so much that they've got to prioritize on what they're spending. And so what you find, if you read the media, they're not going out to restaurants so much. They're sure. not doing so many takeaways or you know, the dry cleaning gets done less. But they make sure that their food shopping is done and they prioritize the treat that happens every few months. But it does seem as though food more recently in the last few months, the food we buy in the shops is a particular inflation problem. The price increases are running very high. Do you have any particular views or thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think that what's going to happen is that the supermarkets are now consolidated and they will start doing a, a price war. But this is going to be the new normal. We're not going to go back to really dirt cheap prices that we had on food. And as you realize, you know, I think Britain, in my personal opinion, it's got the cheapest food in the whole of Europe. Can we just move on and talk more about the specifics in Cakebox. So since we last spoke, there's been a pretty much wholesale change in your senior team. Can you just bring us up to date on the changes and then the impact it's had on the business? Absolutely. You know, we brought in a interim CFO and he'd done what he could do. And then our non-exec, he acted in CFO until uh, Michael Bother could join us from uh, the MSG group, which is the largest domino franchisees. And he's brought a wealth of experience to the company. He understands franchising. He knows about retail. And to show the quality of him, 
his previous employer made him uh, work the six months' notice, which okay. was fine. Yeah. And or you know, he's coming, and we're getting on with running the business. My team's consolidated. The Shay, our marketing manager, very brilliant find, and we're emphasizing on going on more marketing. And now the team has gelled, and I believe it's up and up for the future. So I had a great day visiting you and the team in Enfield last summer. But the highlight for me was looking around the distribution center and seeing the production process and the dispatch process. And you're clearly heavily involved in that. It would be great just to discuss the opportunities where you've improved the production efficiencies, what scale and the multiple distribution facilities give you in terms of opportunities to tweak things and improve efficiencies further, because it just seemed to be something that you were completely passionate about. That's right. So most of our CapEx spend has been on redoing the bakery, the packing, the distribution area. We've got something called a high-key area where it's an isolated area where all the cheesecakes are made. And it's allowed us to ramp up our production facilities or make it much more efficient. So the bakery has become at least 3 to 4% more efficient in its output. The new space has made it a much better working environment, and it's allowed us to introduce new products into the mix. We're just about to launch a brownie selection, and with the new website coming up, that will allow us to sell directly to the consumer as well, but with the new investment we've done in the bakery and the distribution centers, we can produce that in-house. And also, we've got scope to produce other stuff as well. And so, for example, we're going to start bringing in cookies and we're looking at uh, donuts as well. By having the first-class facilities, it's so much easier to manufacture and introduce new products for the consumer so they can have much more variety on as a grab-and-go as a variety on your table when you've got your cake there. And my staff is finding a lot better atmosphere. They've got dedicated facilities for themselves. And I think that will lead to much a happier workforce and more efficiency. Sounds like these are going to be lower ticket price items, more sort of impulse purchases and walk-in type purchases. That's right. The brownies are luxurious collection. And we want a bit more of a grab-and-go offering as well. Okay. So we've got our slices, we've got our cupcakes, and to complement that, you know, maybe donuts and cookies as well. But we may be doing giant cookies as well. So, you know, you've got alternatives to the cake if you want to. But it's getting a mix into that and getting the consumer more excited about our products. Because they're all going to be egg-free. And produced centrally and customized, or is that just the celebration cakes? We'll produce centrally and the shops will finish them off. Okay. And then customize them there and then. So are there any other ideas, any other developments on new product offerings? Of course, we're constantly always doing research and development. Our suppliers are really good where they show us uh, what the trends are. And we've just launched our mango range. So mango cake, mango okay. cheesecake, mango slice, mango sundae, mango cupcake. We just launched that a few days ago, and that's been a really, really good hit. The customers are really enjoying bringing the summer into spring. Of course, that's what mango is. It's summer, isn't it? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite flavors. But as a retail 
consumer of mangoes, it's very hit and miss. You either get them perfect, or it's a bit like avocados. They're either mush or not ripe enough. How do you get Correct. consistency? The ingredients that we use are real mango pulp. And so that's what we okay. use. We're not using any flavors or anything. So we mix that with the cream, give you a mango layers in the sponge and mango layers on top okay. as well. You must try it when you get a chance. Okay. I look forward to doing that. So you've now, I think, recently reported that you've got over 200 stores. Correct. So you're really cracking on in terms of store and franchisee expansion. Is this giving you any management issues, any new ways of having to organize things? I can imagine you're going to get to the stage where everyone being member of the Souk family is just that little bit more difficult. We've expanded our area managers and we've expanded our standard offices. So they go in and they offer support. They challenge the franchisees. They check out what they're doing. And our area managers have gone in and they do detailed profit loss with the franchisees, help them organize their shop better. And we give a lot more support to them with Shade, the marketing, putting that into the mix as well. So promoting the good shops, promoting the less performing shops, and all together a much bigger package of support, which the franchises appreciate. Last year, we had a slowdown in applications, but this year, applications have started coming back in again because the entrepreneurs are now a bit more confident off the market, and they feel that they can come in and invest in a business. Presumably with the tougher conditions, you mentioned utility bills and energy costs for your franchisees. You're having to provide more specific or sort of targeted support for them. Has there been an increase in churn of your franchisees? Have you lost franchisees unexpectedly at all? In all the years that we've been operating, we've only ever closed four shops. And we find that we haven't had an increased churn at all. Okay. Prices, the utility prices are now settling down. The end prices, so any new franchises coming in, they get advantage of the lower prices. Yeah. So that it's not so Im- more impactful on them. And as you say, you've not really seen numbers of new franchise applications picking up again. Scotland was a bit of a target for you. How's that? Correct. Been? We've got our existing franchisees. There's two franchisees looking at another five sites in Scotland at the moment. Our existing franchisees are expanding their portfolios. They've got renewed confidence in the brand itself, but it, we tailor the offering to the area. Okay. And so if it's more of a grab-and-go, we do more of a grab-and-go. If it's more of a celebration area, we do more of a celebration. So we understand our customers, their needs, and what their demands are, and then tailor the package towards that particular demographic area. I guess that also gives you more flexibility for trialing new locations, so not just geographic locations, but types of locations. So oh, absolutely. We're kiosks. looking at train stations. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Service stations. Yeah, the grab-and-go offering might lend itself to those sort of locations. Oh, absolutely. So we're looking at various concepts of cake box. So you've got fully-fledged shop, you'll have kiosk, and maybe much smaller shop, which is just a grab-and-go, like train stations or petrol forecourts, um, service stations. So the opportunities are out there, and we'll go and take advantage of those. So how's the kiosk format doing? Is that still growing strongly? Are you sort of yeah, yeah. So taking a 
the Asdas, uh, you know, it all depends on how fast Asda wants to go. And the shopping malls are now getting more reasonable. So they are offering us a space at reasonable prices. And slowly, slowly, we'll ramp that up as well. As soon as we get opportunities, we'll take those. I think the other change that I'm aware of in the last 18 months, because I think when we last spoke, you were the person at the other end of the customer complaint line. And I think you've told me subsequently that's no longer the case. I still look at every single feedback okay. because that's my passion. Even though Kim achieved what same uh, organizing the uh, deals with everything, but I still like to have a look at every single one. So I've got a picture of exactly what's going on, what the pulse of the customer is. Any issues to report? Any new things that customers are concerned about, worried about? I'm really happy to say that 99% of our feedback is positive. You're always going to get a bit of negative one because they might have spelled the name wrong or they might have done the design wrong, etc. But the it's feedback, always human error, you know, isn't it? That's correct. And the customers are saying, can we have a little bit less cream on it, which is not a problem. They're loving the new mango range. And we listen to a customer. So what they want, we'll provide them with that. So we want to make the celebration the highlight of that year, of that month, of that week. And uh, we want them to remember that we want to enjoy and celebrate that celebration with them. My last question. Did you swim one kilometer today? Absolutely, every day. Every day. Oh, that's the only exercise I enjoy. Got dodgy knees, and I'm getting old now. <laughs> you do that and, uh, days a week, oh, seven days a week. I, every day, seven days a week. Comes sun or shine. Uh, luckily, I've got an indoor pool, so it's okay. My latest guest, the chap called Mark Smithson, who is the founder and CEO of Mark's Electrical. He swims outdoors. He says three or four times a week, as you do, told me it's his best thinking time, which I thought was really interesting. If he swims outdoors in that cold water, I can't do that cold water. (laughs) I like him a little bit warmer. But that is it. That just gives you that half an hour, 35 minutes, just gives you concentration. And my best ideas have come in that pool. It just focuses your mind. You're relaxed. No other external influences. And you're just going back and forth, back and forth. And that really does give you time to reflect on life itself. I love swimming, but I don't swim every day. But I do try and exercise first thing every day. And I'm absolutely with you on that because at the end of a session or in the shower afterwards, to the extent I have any good ideas, it's always that time of day. And it's something about movement and exercise. And I don't quite know how or why it just stimulates the brain function, I think. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Souk. And good luck as you move forward. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of In the Company of Mavericks, please subscribe at our website, in the company of mavericks.com where we would appreciate your feedback and any suggestions you might have for future episodes. <laughs>